Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, I'm not Dr. Paula Price, but Happy New Year from Dr. Paula Price and your family on the Paula Price Show. It is 2019, Saints. We did it. We made it. You ran through the finish line. You crossed over. You crawled. You begged God. However you got here, you're here. And so we thank God for 2019 and all that it holds. I feel like the new year is kind of like when you start a new year at school. Everybody starts out with an A. And then based on how you perform, how you study to show yourself approved, determine what grade you have at the end of the class. For us, 2018 was monumental. It was fantastic. We can say we have had a breakthrough year, the beginning of the miraculous. I think we kicked off in 2018, and so I look forward to it. You know, Dr. Price, you're always lit up, taking it to the next level. Every broadcast gets better and better and gooder and gooder. You know, when it's really good, your grammar has to be off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good. It's just gooder and gooder. <laughs> you just can't get enough of the goodness of God. So I can't wait to see um, what he has in store for us. And then sometimes I can because I'm like, ooh, I don't know. He's been saying some things. Mm. Got to pray up, stay up, way up. <laughs> and so we have been, um, you know, really moving into that next dimension of God's revelation in the congregation of the mighty. I want to encourage all of you, if you have not visited us in Tulsa, technically Bixby, if you have not uh, been to Price University, if you, if you have not come to an event, make this the year that you do what you probably said you're going to do for five years. I need to, I do, I need to, I need to do that. All you people out there, and I'll say this on camera, who's talking about Dr. Price being your mentor, how about showing up? How about showing up? Uh, not just figuratively, I want to sit at your feet, but actually show up and take your word and your seriousness to the next level. You know, travel is so easy these days. You can tell the church really does train us to be um, passively successful, which is kind of like in our own minds. Success in our own minds, but not doing what it takes to really, <laughs> really cross over and challenge yourself and, of course, invest. You know, breaking through is an investment, and you're going to pay because you paid to break through, or you're going to pay because you did it. <laughs> so, you know, let's pay for the win. That's how I feel. Let's pay for the win. Let's pay the price to break through instead of paying the price because you did it. It seems to be a bigger bill. I don't know. It's, you know, it's like you can pay off that, that, uh, that investment a lot faster than you can debt, as they say, the good debt and the bad debt. Uh, and so, you know, I would encourage anybody and challenge anybody to do it, to come on out here to Tulsa and to not be satisfied like anything while just watching, oh, you know, I'm good, I, the Lord, he speaks to me here and all those things. But sometimes you have to come to the mountain, the Mount of Galt. You have to come to where he is actually speaking. I think that social media has made it increasingly easier for us to be spiritually lazy in a lot of ways, academically lazy, 
because we feel we're catching it by our top six favorite preachers, half of which are contradicting each other, then that actually equates to some form of formal education. I mean, there are so many certificates and things that I've done online over the years that, you know what, they don't amount to anything but me getting information. They really don't. I know it's like this subject, oh, yeah, good, okay, good. I got some project <coughs> management information, but I did not go to the institute. No, and you get that add to what you know. Yeah, it's like, okay, that helps me. Add to what you know. But it doesn't certify me to do anything. No, no. no. Well, and I think I like that you brought that up because it's kind of leading into where we're going. Um, and let me say Happy New Year, and let me say that I'm excited to be on the back end of a very difficult post. Yes. But we're there. We're on the back end. Back end's good. But I think what she says is true. But I would also say, Apostle, when you say, too, that more and more people are sick of that approach or have found the flaws in that approach? Uh, I would say that, yes, because. Because, okay. I would say because the old move has played out long enough for people to see shortcuts don't help. As far as keeping you there, many times they'll get you there, mm-hmm. but won't keep you there. It's kind of like get you to the interview. Yes. You know. They get you to the job. They get you, yeah. Okay. They get you to pass the interview. Well, I have, um, I am going to do something a little different. Well, no, not really different. No, I'm supposed to pluck. Hmm? Pluck. Oh, pluck. Pluck. I need to pluck. But I'm going to do something a little different. On New Year's Eve, if you didn't get an opportunity to watch our broadcast, please go back and do so because there's a lot for you to get. Um, At the end, just prior to New Year's, maybe about 50 minutes before, I began to teach because at New Year's we are always inundated with um, prophecies. Everybody has a prophecy, you know. And you can sit there. I mean, it becomes New Year's entertainment. We can go to our prophetic entertainment network. And you could be entertained with words that you like, don't like, prick you, don't prick you, that make sense, don't make sense, that uh, encourage and comfort you or terrify you. We're in a season where everybody is picking up on some level that God's high. On some level... People are picking up whether it's God, um, obviously created God, fallen angels as God, devils, you pick one, playing God. Well, that's what they do. So, but in any event, we're all at a place where we um, have to come to terms with what God is doing. Now, one of the things that I personally don't like and this is a personal thing, maybe from professional experience. But I personally don't like picking New Year's Eve as the time to give a prophecy that's going to be uttered, activated, mobilized, and ended by the next New Year's Eve. Life just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. So... When we, I tell my people all day long, you better give me something that's going to tell me how this thing is going to play out over the next two to five years because no prophecy is going to wrap itself up in nine months except the pregnancy. 
Prophecy is might come to one particular group of hearers, but in the end, it takes the time it takes. And so I was sitting here in my trusty little computer looking for you to understand prophecy better. Then I decided I'm probably not going to find it in this short amount of time, bless God. So what I'm going to do is probably offer it again, you know, as a, a webinar, how to track your prophecy, you know, because you don't know. And you think that when these people stand up, first of all, people don't even know why God has prophecy. You know, they're talking about, well, the prophetic is all about prophecy. No, it's not. The prophetic is about God administrating his word of truth in a world of darkness and deception. Prophecy is about God administrating his word of truth in a world of darkness and deception. Remember, prophecy's best example is Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, they're trying to tell us that they're finding other earths. They won't. They won't. Scientists are like any other eager person trying to get, make a name for themselves. Oh, I get it. I get the name of it. I get to claim it. It's no different. And so they will not, because he said he created the heavens and the earth. Now, that was in the beginning. And then he said, and the earth was, was, was what? Void. It was void without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And when God looked into that darkness, he spoke. I don't know about you, but I think that's a powerful thing. God looked into that darkness, and he spoke. And he spoke to the darkness outside of time and virtually very little space. So outside of time, God spoke. Now, I want to stop right here and encourage you to go and share and alert all your friends, all your Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, anybody that's talking, Instagram, Alert them to the fact that we're going to answer why New Year's Eve prophecies are frustrating and often fail. Why New Year's Eve prophecies are frustrating and often fail. Now, I think you're going to like this. I, 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 I think I am. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about it in, in ways that you can finally understand what's going on. Because you can chase all of these words, and they're like, you know, prophecy on New Year's Eve is like a musical concert. Everybody has a concert going. Everybody has a song to sing, a sound to make, and an audience to impress. I don't know about you, but I just think that's powerful. Do you not think so? Absolutely. I think it's a great uh, visual mm -hmm. of what happened. And how it's, how it is set up. And it's set up to frustrate people, and then people get angry with God, and we don't know why, and I don't know why. And so many times, especially those of you, you go to prophecy meetings and, and whatever, and I'm not against them. I did. I had my prophets minister to those who came. But, but folks who know me know that prophecy is not, uh, you know, it's not uh, the audible manufacturing of something in the instant. There is no, that instant audibleness or instant audio still takes the three 
the 24-7, 365 window to manifest. And in that time, you need to know how to work your prophecy. Because Paul told Timothy that. You need to know how to work it. Not go home and say, well, if it's God, it'll happen. And if it's not, it won't. And then I'll just call the prophet a false prophet. Because that is a problem. And I say that because many of you all, you have listened to pastors tell you about prophecy. Pastors cannot talk to you about prophecy. They were not around when prophecy came into existence. That mantle, that spirit, that constitution did not exist prior to the church and Pentecost. It didn't. So they cannot tell you about it. And, and so they're in a lane they don't know. Now, if you have a, 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 a pastoral prophet, hey, all day long, I'm with you. But it's kind of like, the, the, you know, the people, it's kind of like the people who are also on the board of some official or professional service acting as if they know the service. You know, being on the, on, on the panel does not make you one up. So you, many of you all are going to miss God. Your prophecy is not going to happen. And you're going to go around and resume your campaign of bashing prophets. Now, do you have good reason to? I think you do. I think you do. I think you have some of you have very good reason because you are prophesied to by prophesiers instead of a prophet or oracles masquerading as prophecy. And you should know the difference between them. And so a little later, I'll have Chief and I, we're going to come in because we were talking about that. So, but I want to go back to wrapping up this, this foundation. You're going to get a lot of words. You're going to see them, and some of you have been seeing them all over the Internet. Anybody who got any kind of a spirit is a prophet, you know? And so you get a lot of words. Now, prophesying and discharging or administrating, executing, if you will, is a better word, the prophet's office are not the same. You know, somebody outside of your door can eavesdrop at your door and pick up a piece of information. But that doesn't mean that they're in your office or that they sit in your seat of authority or that they have access to all of the intelligence and information that you do being in that office. And this year, I'm going to really hone in on that office because a lot of people say to me, and I stand in the office of the prophet, I say, where? Because offices belong to institutions. Where? Because you're still running on your gift. And gifts don't need an institution. Gifts don't need an office. Gifts only need an audience. And which is what we've been seeing as we go forward. Gifts operate on audience. There's nothing administrative about it. There's nothing executive about it. They just operate on audience. Who's around to hear? Who does God send me to? I need somebody to hear a prophecy. That is not a prophet. That is either a prophesier or an oracle. We, you've heard me talk over and over again about the oracles of Delphi. They come and they just give you these blank pieces of information, can't tell you who, what, when, how. There's no wisdom attached to, to that. Prophesiers are not going to be able to give you the wisdom because all they have is the information. They just have the sound and they picked it up and they said it. So you have to, if you want to, Bring that thing to pass, then I'm going to need you to recognize that it, it, it cannot be as you have seen it in the past. cannot happen. And I, I, I say this because many, many times I've said before, and I'll say it again, 
God has a world, a world that, dis, that, that predates this one. So when you start talking about prophecies from God, it has got to correlate, correlate with what he's doing and in his world and how he's been bringing his word to pass since he said, let there be. Let there be light and let and let and let and let and let. I think it's an interesting term. We'll have to dance with that a little bit going in the future. But for you to understand God the way you need to understand God and for you to understand the prophetic, the way you need to understand it, you have to stop coming in like you go into a concert. See, many of you, you all act like you're going to concerts. We're just going to go to these concerts. We're going to hear the sound. We're going to pay the money. It's going to be great. We're going to love it. But the word of God is not a toy. The word of God is an instrument. The word of God is an implement. The word of God is a tool. The word of God is a resource. And you have got to get to a point that you stop going to hear prophetic meetings as if you're going to a concert or you're going to some sort of a motivational gathering. See, that's part of the problem. You, we just going to, I just want to go and see if God say anything to you. You don't even care what he says. You just, whatever they say, you, and you go, you know, we don't really dig into the lives or the success of a concert um, participant. We just go because, hey, we need a night out. We look for some understanding. We need a break from the mundane. That is not what a prophet's meeting should be about. Now, I know that's what it has been about, but it is not what it should be about. And so you go, you get this word, you come back, and you're all excited and you're exuberant for a day or two, and then nothing changes in your everyday life, or you go home to more calamity, and you conclude that the word was wrong, errant, not for you, and that the messenger was false, because that's training. That's theological training, church pastors acting as if they know how God brings his word to pass and whatever, how this has happened. Half of you have probably never heard um, the word, um, the term protocrat. So I want, to, I want to show you a couple of things. The first thing we need to know is that prophets are guardians. So let's go to the screen. Uh, you see up the screen? Now, wait a minute. Go. Come on, share, share, share. We need the widest part, part members of the body of Christ watching this, share, 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 share it again, because you're, those things that you're going to hear, you're going to have a, a, a couple of ways of testing them. The Bible said that we are to test prophecy. We're to try it. And you know what? Your, your, your pastors and most uh, scholars are try the spirit by the spirit. Find that in scripture. Post it for me. So you're going to try poison by poison. That that's not what it said. It said, you know, trying, you try God's Holy Spirit by God's Holy Word. So the Spirit ends up being the effect that you are experimenting on or examining according to the prescription, the theory, the Word of God. Most of you can't try the Spirit because you don't know the Word. 
So you cannot accurately try the spirits. You have no parameters. You have no criteria. Listen to me, because I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you brilliant in this thing if you roll with me. So you go and you put some prophet's name out as evil because they didn't bear witness to your spirit that goes to church once every three months, reads your Bible once every six months other than church, and involve yourself in prophetic settings annually. That is not enough. You first want to look up the word try. Don't take my word for it. Look up the word try. It means test and then look up test, and look up examine, and then you're going to find out you have no capacity to try prophecy. I'm going to drink some. Hey, I got coffee today. It's cold. But I got coffee. Coffee. See, you, the reason we, we are stuck is because we speak in the same cyclical language. And we speak what brother so-and-so says and sister so-and-so says. We don't want to break rank with that, even though it's rank wrong. We don't want to break rank with that. We don't want to offend and all of that. Meanwhile, you are getting slaughtered. See, we are protected in our, in our sphere, in that sphere called ministry. You are not. You're, you're in a sphere called member. So we got the minister sphere, sphere, and we've got member. And so we get together and decide what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's God, what's not God, and how you how to feed you, not how to keep you, how to feed you. But you know, when you feed a kid, you still got to keep them, and you've got to protect and guard them. And it's that guardianship piece that has been long since abandoned. Your pastor can be a good shepherd and can guard you as a sheep. But they cannot take this, assume the entire role of protecting you from spiritual powers and spiritual predators. They can't do it because it's not in them. Their job is to stay in their one geographical place and work with the sheep in that geographical place. That is not the way it is with apostles and prophets. Their place is not, especially in the body, the geographical location is secondary, secondary to the spiritual domain. So we're going to see who's coming in the borders. Your pastors are going to be stuck at who's coming in the door. Somebody didn't get that. Wow. Your pastor is going to deal with what's coming in the door. Maybe but the apostle and prophet is supposed to let know what's coming into the realm. And that's very, very different. So you are ending up, you're like, well, I'm in church and my pastor's covering me. Well, your pastor covers you in that building, certainly covers you in prayer to the extent that that mantle can reach, because reach is important. But they cannot do anything when you go to work. I know, but they can pray, yeah, but there's, but there's authority. All authority has parameters. All authority has limitations. It has rank. The church hates hierarchy, but God is a hierarchical God. That's why he has a mountain. He was on a mountain and not sitting, in, sitting off in some, some bush somewhere. Because, and he said, base of the mountain, that's the population. The majority of the population is base of the mountain. His messengers go up the mountain. 
all the way up until Moses got to the top, at which point God was sitting in throne. So you have got to get to a place. I pray you get to the place where you can appreciate what the institution of the prophetic is versus what the the uh, entertainment of the prophetic is. Because it's a freelance entertainment thing. Gather you together, call your name out, tell all your business, tell all of your secrets, tell you you're going to get all of this stuff, pronounce all of this stuff, and every now and again it is. Because if it agrees with what God has done on in your book or your page, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, well, you'll walk away entertained and ultimately to be disappointed. Because prophecy is a an instrument of authority, authoritative manufacturing. I didn't say we manufacture the word. The word manufactures the product. Now, is that good? Are you all enjoying this? Is this good? Because you have got to stop being slain and disrupted and overturned with prophecy. You have to understand prophecy has a purpose. And people, you ask the average person out there prophesying right now, they can't tell you the purpose of prophecy. They can tell you their passion for it. They're passionate about saying, thus saith the Lord, whether he said it or not. I spoke New Year's Eve, and I said that the Bible says in Revelation 19, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Now, you might say, um, well, yeah, but that's for Christians. No, 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 the cross changed that. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, all authority has been given unto me. Devils serve Jesus. They just don't want you to know it. Because they know you, because you'll, you'll, like any common sense individual, you'll say, well, why am I serving you if you got the answer to him? So th- this is about keeping your soul out of salvation. But the Bible said angels and principalities are subject to Jesus Christ. It didn't say good angels, bad angels. It did not say um, false angels and then true angels. It didn't even say angels that love him, angels that hate him. It didn't distinguish. It said angels are subject to Jesus Christ. Now, he's all right with waiting for you to get old and die. He's okay. And if you want to die deluded, bless you. He's going to let you do it. But you need to know, those of us who are filled with his spirit, you need to know God's in charge. God is going to rule this thing. He's alpha and omega for a reason. He ended this thing before he said, let there be. That's why he can call the shots. The Bible says that he called the end from the beginning, and he used a prophet to do it. I really wish you'd get it. I really do. Because, see, the prophets today, they don't have a sense of guarding you. They don't. Now, and it's sad, because... Even every professional has, has measures of protection and measures of guardianship. Every professional institution does but the prophetic and these prophets. All they know is that's what God told me. That's what God said. So I'm just saying what God said. And you have no way of measuring that, which is why I said the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. 
I asked God once. I said, well, God, how come you didn't say, you know, ecclesial prophecy, Christian prophecy? You just said prophecy. He said, because all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. All means all. So I don't care how dark, rank, stank. Daniel ruled over the prophets and all of the occultists in Babylon as God's prophets. All. So don't don't get it in your mind that you get more from a psychic than you get from a prophet. See, some of y'all are running on that. I heard people say, and somebody gonna tell me now. I'm the author of the prophet's dictionary, author of the prophet's handbook. I am the creator of the prophetic aptitude questionnaire. And somebody's gonna tell me, well, you know, I mean, um, psychics are really prophets in the wrong kingdom, huh? <laughs> huh? Don't say that to Dr. Price. I killed that lie. Satan put a lot of lies out there that you won't believe because you don't have an alternative to. But see, I've got the alternative to that deception. No, they're not. And if they are, they're prophets who chose the wrong kingdom. Because when God awakens a prophet, when the Lord Jesus Christ awakens a prophet, he awakens them personally. And they have an option to opt into him or out to Satan. So there is no call. I know y'all heard all of that. Some of y'all, y'all so badly trained. We have so much work to undo the bad training in you all. It's crazy. Bad training. Y'all are all walking around there thinking that you're, 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 you're all Christian universalists. Well, God's in everything. No, he's not. Everything is God. But God talks about withdrawing himself all the time. But see, you have to have the testimony of Jesus Christ to have that fine point the uh, incisions that cut the joint and the marrow. So have devils have been saying that God, God is everything all the time. Yeah, God made everything, and God's spirit keeps everything going because he's not ready to kill it. But he tells you over and over again, I will withdraw myself. Now, under the Christ dispensation, this is what he said, which is even, I think, scary. But under the Christ dispensation, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. But if you walk away from me, I'm done with you. See, because now under the Christ dispensation, you are going to be literally overrun by various gods and whatever because they are all, because God has, he shattered that. He shattered the unity of Satan's spirit. So you can go and you can run around and talk about all day long. Well, everything is God. I mean, because you can get something out of everything. I had a man sat down there and told me, I mean, this thing is real, has sat down and told me that he enjoyed listening to Brother Farrakhan because he had some things about Jesus. Let me tell you something. That's like somebody saying that they like hearing people talk about you because some of the things they say is right. And you're going to be hot about the lie. If it's one little lie. And one piece of error, you're going to be hot about that. But see, they, they're so used to talking to Christians who don't know I am filled. I'm like Micah. Surely I am filled by the Spirit of God. And I know that prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, everything you prophesy has got to somehow or another plug into or correlate with what God has been doing when he came to earth and said, let there be, or before he came to earth. So my, my job, if, if, if the Lord continues to be gracious to me, is to give you the framework, the infrastructure. Prophecy has an infrastructure. 
You don't know the infrastructure, which is why you can call anything prophecy. Y'all go to a movie and look at things, 90% devil, come back talking about you found a chip of Jesus. You're embarrassing. You're going to tell me that devils can talk better about Jesus and give you more revelation on Jesus than Jesus Christ himself and his messengers? Shame on you. Shame. Shame, shame, shame. You're looking, for, you're looking for Jesus Christ in sinners. You're looking for Jesus Christ in occultism. You're looking for Jesus Christ in paganism. And you want to take this man's glory he earned, and you want to give it to the very reasons he had to come to earth. Shame. Don't say that to me. We had the matrix, and now we got my daughter will probably tell me the latest thing is, yeah, but there's something about Jesus in that. No. No more than Jesus is the sovereign of creation. But you're looking for Jesus, the Redeemer, in that trash, that's not going to happen. You could find Jesus the Sovereign because it's all his stuff. But you're not going to find Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Redeemer, Jesus who died on the cross, Jesus who bruised Satan's head, Jesus who rose from the dead. You're not fighting. They're not talking about that. They're talking about the effects of what he did and how devils have come in to take it and to delude you into thinking he really didn't do it. I don't play with my prophets. They can't bring me stupid. Don't bring me stupid. Don't do that. And you know why? Because when you give God your all, he opens up the treasury, the storehouse, the weapons of war, and the archives. And I've been in this man's library. I walked with this library. So I'm not looking there. When I watched, um, what was that last Avengers that I hated so? With the guy with the thing, and he, because he, he became the. Oh, with the, uh, did, he, did you get this? <laughs> And they quote a piece of scripture, and y'all so happy they quote the scripture they knew would, would, would intoxicate you into believing them. I said the devil's a liar. Oh no, uh uh, blaspheming him up the front. You all don't even know blasphemy. You don't know when they're blaspheming your God. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. That's the one I got. I, me and me and Adventures broke rank. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, they'll tell you, I like the Avengers. I mean, just know, for, for uh, you know, stupid entertainment. Yeah. But when you got into the serious realm of my faith and my God, I was done. I was done with them. I don't do it. I don't, and I wasn't hot on all of that stuff anyhow. But when they were just kind of being kind of light, but then they started switching and revealing their true motive, which is to, uh, which is to unseat my God. The devil's a liar. You all need to stop running and paying for those movies, and you need to start binding them to failure. That's what you need to do. Stop trying to find God in the dark. He said, I'm the light of the world. He's not in the dark pit. He did that dark pit duty once. And you keep trying to go to the darkness to find the light. And he's going to stand there and tell a real prophet, not just me, that, oh, yeah, but there was something about you. No, mm-mm. They were, Jesus has been the, uh, the victim of identity theft since he created the world. And you need to know when his identity is being stolen and his intellectual property is being plundered. You need to know that instead of walking around saying, see, the world is like us. No, you missed the whole point. The whole point is to prove the world is not like us. The world is not supposed to be like us. That's why they killed your Savior. You understand Jesus could count on the world killing him? I don't know if this is helping anybody. 
So, but if you're going to be a guardian, then be a guard. And as a guard, stop mingling with the criminals. Stop mingling with those, the culture. Stop mingling with those that Jesus Christ has come to save, not affirm. The church keeps affirming what Jesus Christ has come to save. You cannot affirm an unsaved person in Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. I don't affirm. I love them. Absolutely. Can we have lunch and dinner? Yeah, but understand, we come from two different realms of God, two different dimensions of God. You come from the creator side of God, which is why they all say, well, God is our father. And Paul says in Acts 17 that we are all of one blood of humanity. But see, humanity does not have the blood of Jesus. We do. Oh, honey, man. Wait a minute. I got to hear something. I didn't hear it. There it is. It wouldn't even snap for me. Yeah. See, you try to understand it because you're right. Everything is God, but not everything is in Jesus Christ. Now, when I say this, it says in him all things consist. But we are in a place in God that is literally, specifically, and exclusively Jesus Christ. What makes a Christian Christian? We're in another place. We're in the place of redemption. We're in the place of safety. We're in the place of, of holiness. We're in the place of sanctification. We're not just running around the Godhead because we are all created. That's why Christianity is not a world religion. Holy Ghost said to me, coming into the new year, I got to drink it. I'm drinking it. It's so good. I'm just tasting it. Holy Ghost said to me, coming into the new year, I'm separating Christianity from religion. He said, you need to, uh, and I'm going to spend this time separating religion and redemption. We are the redeemed. We're not a religion. A religion is a practice of, of rituals. We all have rituals. If you look at that, we got sacraments, a couple. We don't have rituals. That's why we all can be moved by God to do different holy things to please him. Religion is a rote. It's a repetitious whatever. Now, many churches have downgraded this thing to religion, which is why the Holy Spirit can't come in and say, God needs this from you today, because he's, he's not in the program. That's what prophets bring. Prophets will tell you, yeah, that's how we do it, and listen, that's great. Don't break away with that. But today, we're going to have the Holy Spirit needs you to do this, or this congregation to do this. Why? Because he's treating the redeemed. He's not going to, he doesn't alter religion. He said, I didn't come to save religions. Oh, somebody will hear me. Maybe they'll hear me. So Christianity is not a religion. It is a it's redemption. It is a population of redeemed souls brought into the nationality of the Godhead. Now, when we gather, there are certain things that God expects us to do. He said, come with some praise, bring some praise. That's not a ritual. That's an act. He said, come bring praise, come and bring worship. Not a ritual. That's an act. And then he says, share the word of God. See, these are the acts, because God's an act God. He's an actionating God. He's an actionizing God. Everything about God is action. 
not repetition. He tells us to do communion. And we, we brought it down to cookies and juice. That's not what communion was in the Bible. We made it cookies and juice. He gave us communion. He gave us fellowship, action. He did not. And you know why? Because we're in his body. And so being in him, in Christ, in his body is very different than being in the Godhead proper because it's in the Godhead that you are judged and needing to be saved. So when you, when you become born again, God moves you from his universal body, corporate body, you know, or human, but I think it's everything, but his, the human body, and he brings us into the body of Christ where all the rules change. That's why you have to change. These people telling you you don't have to change, are you kidding? He said, I'll vomit you out. Some things make him sick. He got to spew them out. He got to dump them in the ground. For we are the body of Christ. Now, why did you go through that, Dr. Price? Because you understand that's how prophets are supposed to testify of Jesus Christ. Wow. See, so because that's why that's why God's prophecy is not just predicting. Prophecy is not just predicting. Come on. All we want to do is protect. protect now, fortune telling is telling is. If that's all that person does is tell your fortunes and predict your future, and just predict, period. She's going to be coming around here soon. But predict your future. You need to know that that is not one who is in the office of the prophet. See, we used to say, well, well, we don't want to say he's not. Yeah, you're not in the office, because in the office, you're concerned about the institution. You're dealing with the institution. You're carrying out the institution. You're doing business for God on God's behalf, the institution. And since God's main implement is his work, his initial implement is his work, the prophet has to do everything by God's word. Now, in order for us to do it, you again, I started out by saying that God has worlds that predate us. And he has an entire civilization that he uses to take care of all of his creation. He did not trust us. God not he didn't say, let there be and then walk away. The minute Satan entered Adam, human liberty and human um discretion became constrained constrained to this world. Because he knows now that Satan is calling the shots from inside these these people from the soul, etc. which is why you die and why you lie, why you get sick, why you get old, why you lose, why you feel overpowered, why you feel impotent, because that's the legacy, a legacy from a being that tried it in his world, lost it, and came back into it in this world. And God counted on that because free will is not free if you don't have a choice. So God didn't trust us. He didn't. So if you look at your screen, look at the screen right now. You don't see it. You don't want to miss it. Woo. Hold on. Let me get it right. I want to get it right because I want you to see what the Lord is doing. 
I want to make it, you know, I want you to see all of these beings that you see right here. These beings represent God's protocrats. They represent how God does what he does. All of these represent, they all represent, come on in, Chief. They all represent the invisible agents and agencies behind the scene that see to it that what we speak out gathers spiritual material and momentum and begin to perform that work. So how does it work? Quickly. How many of you all have said this? Lord, where's my prophecy? Many of you are going to say that at the end of 2019. Lord, where's my prophecy? And so I want you to see that there are four main stages of prophecy progression. And so a host of behind the veil of this world, a host of invisibles go to work to see that the word of the Lord to you does not fail. A host of seen and unseen powers, agents, and agencies work on creation and its creatures to bring your prophecies to pass. I call this the dynamics of prophecy class. Now, so they see to the words embodiment. Forgive me, guys. I'm getting excited. <laughs> they see to the words embodiment, development, reception, and ultimately its manifestation. If you look to your on um, my left, look to the left, you'll see prophecy, construction, and head. The word just starts the road. It just cuts a path in creation for what God is calling or wants to do in your life. And so you need to know that your prophecies began in God's realm. Now, you think, well, that means that it didn't exist. No, it exists, but prophecy is on God's clock, not yours. So we can do, I don't mind doing this. I told you we do it ourselves. But I make sure I let people know that the word is seminal. And it, and it really inseminates your spirit and creation. And all, when, when you get a, oh, help me, I got to hit something. Hold on. Wait, wait, I, <laughs> When you get a prophecy, it may come to your ears, but its assignment hits every vessel, every institution, every being that's assigned to it or attached to its fulfillment. That's why false prophecy can't happen, because if it didn't duplicate itself, it's kind of like your boss, your boss CCing everybody involved in a project. Is that good or what? Yeah. Should I hit the bell? Yeah. I'll put it over here too. Chief likes to hit the bell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets bell happy. Bell happy. <laughs> she, she likes it. So prophecy is not just for your ears, which is what a prophesier can do only. Prophecy. Prophecy. God's literal insemination of the world with something he wants to get done through you or because of you, it doesn't just hit you. In the spirit realm, all of these agents back here has got to it's literally CC everybody over the course of time it takes 
You like that, don't you, see? Or the, the oh, yeah. course of time it takes. There's a CC. Like we talk about, you know, how they, they talk about the, they put the Trojans and Karen on and folk. They see God CCs every creature. He CCs every institution. He CCs every act, every policy. They're all CC on the fact that when all things come together, that's what he means when he says when all things come together, they come together as a full convergence of the material substance needed for that word to be embodied and to be mobilized in the earth. Don't tell me I don't know this thing. Yes. It CCs sperm. It CCs eggs. It CCs a lot. Remember, Jesus' um, coming was from Genesis 3.15 until he showed up. And every prophet CCs the next generation. That's the continuum. Come on now. Woo! Carbon copy. Yes. Yes. They see seed in other words, and it's not even carbon. I just use that because I'm trying to get the word that's stuck in my brain. But but the replication, mm-hmm. and so that thing is replicating, and it's reverberating. It's a reverberating replication. Every one when that when you that's why you marrying the wrong person or 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 having children by somebody just off the cuff. You have to understand there's a CC that's either not going to happen or going to be perverted. Because God's business is people. Y'all excited? Yes. Mm-hmm. So your prophecy, when you, you'll know when it's real because it won't just be a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. That's why it says the Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Chief. I'm, I'm stuck. But that goes with his words like a hammer. Because it breaks the rocks to pieces. And since we know that that means to quarry mm-hmm. into the planet, have to carve into the planet what he's trying to make happen or what he has spoken. Exactly. The CC piece works up. You like that, don't you? I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at locating your prophecy timeline. It shall come to pass. That, that's the broadest. That's way out there. Okay? Mm-hmm. One day, soon, in that hour, suddenly, now. So your prophecy, now these are God's timelines. And there are more. We have one, a class on seasons, locating the season of your prophecy. But if we're going to have to maintain this annual thing of prophecy, you need to know how to listen. To who you hear. And so you need to listen, not just with your enthusiasm, your desperation, your pain, your need, and deprivation. You need to listen with God's construction of a prophecy. Because prophecy is not just entertainment. That's right. It's not meant to entertain you. Matter of fact, when you get called out in those meetings, you should be glad, thank God, but you should be looking to get counsel on the how-tos and where you are. Because you could, somebody can get a prophecy and it's seminal, which means it's at the start date. That's right. Someone else can get a prophecy and it's at the end. It's ready to deliver. And so you'll go home and that word will be filled in three days, a week, month. Someone else goes home and they got a seven-year wait. Because it has to incubate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
And so God wants you to understand how this, this thing works so that you can stop being deceived. Just because somebody gives you a prophecy doesn't mean that they attach its manifestation. When God is doing it, you're going to hear it all over the place. And the closer he gets to manifesting, you, it won't shut up. He's, uh, you know, uh, Elijah was getting ready to leave. Now, Elijah knew he was going to leave and all of that because you don't move in that realm and God did not, not know how to buy an insurance policy and get a car. <laughs> so he's going to leave. And the day he's going to leave, everywhere he went, his company of prophets just couldn't shut up about it. Yeah. Everywhere he went, they go to tell Elisha. Elisha's like, we know because you you're not, if you're a great leader, you're going to leave your number two well-equipped. If you're a selfish leader, you're going to leave them like Saul. Hope it works out. Hezekiah, at least it be peace in my days. So you have to get to a point that you understand how to hear. And then you pray and ask God for the timeline. Now, I'm not giving you any more free information. Because there's a course. Because there's a course. Online. Online at Price University. Called Prophecy Timeline. So you can go on and take the Prophecy Timeline course. And it's like, what? Go ahead, said, uh, uh, Apostle Ashish, like eight weeks? Is that the, one of the eight-week courses? Prophecy Timeline? It might be. I think mm-hmm. it's an eight-week course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's eight weeks, and I think it's, a, what, a, a 75 or 100 bucks for um, a whole class on how to understand the times and seasons of your prophecy so that you would know what to do after you leave the presbytery line. Okay, with the words that you heard of it, go home and pray and have faith. <laughs> so you can do that. I think it's important that we become, uh, you know, we're going to be receiving prophecies and we become students of prophecy. Yes. Okay, and I think that it's a, that we need to do that, especially when it comes to the handling of the word of the Lord versus just, you know, predictive things. So that class is available. It's a CEU, or we call continuing ed class, which means it's self-study. So you can go online and listen to the lectures and go through the eight weeks, do the assignments if you want uh, to um, perhaps in the future get credit, or if you just want feedback on what you're understanding or to give us feedback on what you're understanding. But that class is available and uh, starting, I believe. Uh, would it be available the start of this semester? It's going to be the uh, end of this month, I believe, those classes go live. Okay, those classes go live at the end of January. The 21st is what um, I'm finding out right now, that the CEU classes will be available the 21st of this month. Yes, go ahead and register today because you want to make sure that you get in on the course and the class will be made available to you to go ahead and take on January 21st. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks of the best information you'll ever receive. On this subject. Now, I like that. So if you look at the bottom of the screen, it says exploring and applying times and seasons to prophecy manifestations. I have a, if you were in our prophetic ed program, you'd get this plus manifest prophetics and a host of other things. See, prophets are supposed to be skilled and knowledgeable. Every single one I've read in the Bible was not a dropout. They were educated people, highly educated, and they were credentialed by the government. Because Israel was a theocracy. So they were credentialed by the government. They were confirmed by a head prophet who had an institute that, now listen to this, that educated the up-and-coming prophets, but also 
brought forward or perpetuated the prophet, the chief prophets, if you will, before them. So you don't know that. That's why you keep saying, oh, it's just my gift. They don't know what they're talking about. I know. I know. I know so well that if a prophet's words failed, they had to go to prophet court. Mm-hmm. And they had to jump, that prophecy had to be judged, and that failed prophecy had to be accounted for. And they had to prove that they were still hearing from God in good stead with God, and etc., or prove that they were not prophesying by a false spirit. This is under Samuel's institution. So you can't run this thing if you haven't taken time to learn it. You might be able to drag it where you want it to go, but you can't lead it. And so, are you with me, She's she, she gone, people. No, I'm here. I'm back. But you understand, they had prophet court. No, they, they, the country was so concerned at one season in Israel's life in the prophets, they were so concerned about the safety of their people, the accuracy of truth that came from God, and the fidelity as well as veracity of the institution. They had it. Now, if that prophet failed in court, they put him in jail. They were sentenced to jail time for failed prophecy. That's why they put Micaiah in jail. And that explains what happened with Hananiah and Jeremiah. He was obviously in prophet court mm-hmm. in front of the nation when they broke his yoke and the woman and threw him in jail. Yeah. Now, I mean, we could talk, and, and even that's interesting because we could talk about, you know, human frailties, but we got that in our own, in your civil judicial system. How much more a prophetic one? Oh, my goodness. I, I think two-thirds of Jeremiah is about the human frailty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of that yeah, system. Of that, right. Which was, which was richly run by Samuel. Mm-hmm. So they did not, you didn't just stand up there and say, I gave a word. I look at these pastors. You let all of these people in. You have not, you've not vetted them. You just let them in because they bring a crowd. And they, but they don't just right. bring a crowd from, uh, of uh, attendance. To your event, they bring a crowd of spirits with them who are scouting new vessels. To us. Is that true? They bring, they bring who's been taking care of them, who's been feeding them information. And so we can talk all day long about, well, you, Dr. Price, you don't know. You can't. Uh-uh. It's you who don't know, which is why your life is going through. It's you who don't know because you're listening to dropouts. People who didn't finish the program. You can tell a true prophet and a real, and certainly a fidelitous prophet, a prophet of of fidelity, faithfulness, by what they do with learning and education. And if they drop out on education, and you should know, you should know, because if they dropped out on education, they dropped out on God. And I don't care what they tell you, they are not bringing God's word. Well, I don't think every prophet needs to be educated. Yes, they do. It's a, it's a professional career. Every prophesier doesn't need to be educated. You want to talk about your oracles now? Uh, sure. I think that's an interesting statement because we, we, we don't think that they all should be educated, um, you know, because, again, prophecy was entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking we talked about the prophet's court piece, um, how um, 
it, of course, Israel would go to such lengths because that was how they legislated their government. Yes, Prophecy wasn't just about Presbytery and New Year's Eve resolutions. It literally was hold about... On, hold on, hold on, okay. <laughs> But they relied on that intel to make decisions. Let's go back to your famous story that you broke down on this show, I think, in, uh, on several different occasions in different ways, and that's Ahab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To show you that the prophet's words were making a decision about war. Mm-hmm. Should we go to war? Okay. Should we engage in this particular battle or the other? You know, should we make a deal with this nation or not? So it was not necessarily used for just our own amusement about what should be happening in our personal lives, like leading into our conversation today, like fortune telling yeah. and future telling. It wasn't just used for that. It was used as a legitimate means of, you know, um, a strategic and uh, which were situational. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so people, sat, they, they sat down and said, look, at this is how we're going to strategically lead, make decisions about our government, you know, all of those types of things. Think about how prophecy has gone from that level of dignity and uh, usefulness and necessity to now it's kind of like, well, if I feel it in my spirit, I obey your word, and if I don't, then not. Or, you know, uh, standing up and giving phone numbers mm-hmm. and, you know, addresses and all of those kinds of so things. Social security so people can, you know, exactly steal your identity. Which let me know that the, the onus on prophecy being the word of God versus a tool of prediction has literally shifted over the, over the years, mm-hmm. which is what you were pointing out in the, where that divide actually happened between Israel mm-hmm. and how the Nabium ran mm-hmm. the Israeli, you know, prophetic institution on behalf of the government uh, versus the Greco-Roman, which brought it down to nothing but prediction mm-hmm. and future telling and future casting or forecasting, prognosticating, and all of those types of things. Not that those things weren't happening in Israel, because clearly, you know, Deuteronomy 13 went off on a whole mm-hmm. lot. You know about well, you know we have things. a powerful law enforcement law enforcement system, mm-hmm. but that still doesn't do away with the fact that they have the righteous to curtail the criminal. That's right. So, but we did we threw it out right altogether, and so I think that making that distinction between uh, the Nabium institution and the Greco-Roman prophetic is important because that became the predominant, you know, system in which we all were introduced to as far as this side, mm-hmm. you know, the New Testament, if you will, okay, prophetic vessels. And so I'm recognizing when we go back to the Greco-Roman thing, and we learned this in drama, how we, we got introduced. Apostle uh, Ashley up and also Prophet uh, Deacon, yes, they're coming in together. But uh, I think that we were trained in the oracles, and of Delphi and the whole prophetic system, believe it or not, when we were taking classes and learning how to act, our drama, television, and film performance classes were heavily saturated with that whole Roman Greco prophetic model, mm-hmm. you know, when it, you know, to help us understand how a lot of those uh, ancient philosophers, yeah. okay, from Socrates and all of that, Plato. and Plato mm-hmm. and the playwrights of yeah. that era, okay, Homer and et cetera, all of that got their information, Shakespeare as well, got their, uh, got their inspiration from the prophetic yeah. and from the predictive the prophecy. At, right, side oh. of the, yes, that side of the prophetic. Yeah. So we had and to so, do a whole... Yes, 
a whole dramatic presentation. A tribute to, to the, the gods. Of Delphi. Yes, to the gods of Delphi. Um, I known them, we in the voice of the gods who brings up, uh, I can't even remember the rest of it, but we had to say that so many times, uh, in drama, and thinking about this, just that interrelationship, which is why prophecy can easily become entertainment. Yes. Because of the... It was born, it was, it flourished under that. Right. In the, um, in the era of the Greeks, well, Athens, Greece, Greece and Rome. Rome. And so as a result of that, we now today have prophets who still function under that. And with this whole advent, as we were watching a video online just kind of assessing uh, other major prophets' um, belief systems and how they train and teach others in the prophetic, you know, discovering that a lot of them literally still are deeply saturated with the education of that system Mm -hmm. and literally uh, uh, pull the prophetic from that stream. And I love the fact that many years ago you made such a distinction between prophecy versus prediction, Mm -hmm. okay, and future telling versus fortune telling versus the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we had to do a whole study on the word of the Lord and thus saith the Lord versus those other elements. And I remember one of the key things that you said to us about uh, the signature difference, which is prediction doesn't need a deity. It It relies on cycles, patterns, times, seasons, things that just happen. Signs of the times. Mm-hmm. We know every winter there will probably snow. Mm-hmm. You can. That's not hard. You don't need a deity to tell you that, okay, because there's there's a whole system that can produce that. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy the fact that you made that, that clear distinction because today two-thirds of what people classify as accurate prophetic is largely the predictive value. Mm-hmm. The wisdom, the counsel, uh, getting God's mind, strategy. wanting to right strategy, but even wanting to know what it, what God's purpose and intent is for you and His outcome. Right, what He's going for is why we exist as prophets. So when we were talking and looking at this, we were we were realizing that we have a whole class of, of prophets or people before we even get to prophets. Divine communicants. Divine communicants that are literally just prophesiers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those we know are underneath the gifters. And then from the gifters, I discovered when I was watching this video that there are people who operate above that gift and in that seer realm like the oracles did for the uh, kings of, a, of the pagan deities. Mm-hmm. Those pagan kings relied on those oracles to give them wisdom about should they go to war, should they fight, should they go with another nation. And they sat in those Will high seats. Win? Will they win? And they sat in those high seats and they did all kind of, you know, uh, yes, okay, divining things so that they can get that information. And I realized that today uh, a lot of people are doing so, doing that very same thing in the name of the Lord. Well, they they're divining. Are, they're trying to divine the Holy Ghost the way the Oracle of Delphi divined Apollo. Yes, and Zeus. And Zeus, because those are the main two that were considered the um, the releasers of, of, of divine or futuristic information. information. Uh-huh. Uh, you're, you're so right. I like that, that part when you talk about the yeah. divine. Well, because the, the fact that we don't think about that, and if you aren't educated in the prophetic, 
uh, and educated by God's institution or, or his institutional system that goes all the way back to Abel, then you will fall into divination. Mm-hmm. And you will, because that's how we lost a lot of our early prophets. prophets. To divination. divination. Well, they're still in divination. They don't know. Astronomy. No. Astro- I mean, astrology, rather, not astronomy. Astrology, astrology, the dark arts, and pulling on all of these other resources to get this information. And it's very easy to just... Boom, pick up another spirit to do that. And think of Thyatira. The Church of Thyatira is all about divination. All about learning the depths of oh, Satan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, you don't realize a lot of these prophets have gone to those depths of Satan class. Right. Right. You know? so it's because when I was listening to this major prophet in our, our prophetic community in this video talk about that, I said, but it's, I noticed that a couple things are missing. And that is, it's not important to you to know what the will of God is. It's no. important to you to just know the information that's out there. And they are very highly skilled, like an oracle, in pulling in the information that's out there on the winds of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, because what I heard in a lot of the, their predictions for 2019 and beyond was a lot of, gene- I won't say generic, it wasn't really generic, a lot of um, uh information, mm-hmm. divine information that's on the wind and the streams of the divine world with no wisdom, mm-hmm. with no clarity, understanding, or even bringing it in the scope of what God's will is for his people, that for his church. No, it's you know? right. it, it, was, it was kind of like, oh, this is going to happen, and this is where this is going, and this is what I see, this but is what I, I have to jump in. I know you do, because I, this is a real hot button. It is, because you know what I found out? When I first started and then we're going to find out what these two have to say on the subject. But when I first started, mm-hmm. you were there. You know. Right. But when I first started, if they said, you know, we were first watching the prophetic be re- um, revived under pastors, mm-hmm. under the pastoral stronghold bishop institution. That's right. We were, that's not how it was in the late 70s, 80s. And so everything was about, you know, again, predictive prophecy. Right. I want you to all to remember mm-hmm. that because if all you're getting are predictions, you're not dealing with the prophet. And you're not, you may not even be dealing with the deity because you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need one uh, because all you have to But you, you think about them. They sit around, go out to lunch, have dinner. What are you hearing? What are you That's hearing? Right. They don't even say what the Lord's saying. Real prophets will. Most of them will say, what are you hearing? I'm picking up. What are you sensing? I'm picking up and all of that. And so you you don't know where they got it. You have to source out where what their source is. Yeah. And so, and then understand where they were trained. If they were in all of those dark arts training because they don't think it's any different, you need to understand that you, they're in under the, the Nebuchadnezzar model, not the Jesus model. And so, or Yahweh at that time with Daniel. And so, but you have to recognize that if they're prophesiers, I did, I, I said, but they're prophesiers, and they would be saying stuff that God wasn't saying to me. And for years. I just shut up because I thought, well, they're out there. See, because, see, don't buy the big. Don't buy the big lie. Okay, this, please. Okay? Because, see, y'all think because people got a lot of folks following that they're not following them to hell. Uh, right. Or following them into devast- a devastation or calamity. Right. Because, see, devils are going to do whatever it takes to draw you away from Christ. And so I was going through all that, and I, I didn't see anything. So then I finally got, you know, blessed enough to meet, you know, a real a real prophet, spent time with her, and, and began to share. And I was like, but God doesn't talk to me like that. And she gave the best advice any mentor can give you. You do what God gave you. Mm-hmm. But that applies to them. They're doing what their God gave them. 
so as I grew, you know, this is now, I'm, I'm now up in the 20, um, in the 2000s, uh, 2010, and all of a sudden my, my entire spirit changed because there is such a thing called the prophet spirit, and not every prophesier has a prophet spirit. They have the spirit of prophecy. And so I, I just started coming out. And so I started saying it, and God said, I've been with you all. You've learned me all these years. You need to know. But that wasn't my turning point. My turning point was when I realized that the office overturns the gift. See, yeah. the officer, because the, just like the police officer overturns crime, mm-hmm. overturns error, right on down to littering, throwing your garbage in the middle of the highway. That's minor. Yeah. Okay, a little misdemeanor thing. But so when I started hearing that, when God started saying to me, this is the importance of the office. Gifts have no power. They speak, and it can happen unless an officer comes on the scene and says, not so. I sit in this seat, and that will not happen. And that's the strata that when people say they stand in the office, always cracks me up. It's like because they're they're not officiating anything from that. So, but I think that you 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 talked about, and, and I love it, the fact that it's on the screen that we have that whole strata of of um, prophets or prophetic vessels and mm-hmm. divine communicants that in between the office, which I would say would be you know obviously down here, mm-hmm. uh, gifts rather, and that office, we have this whole oracle thing. Because above the gifts, we realize there are now these other people who, whose, whose ability to reach into the supernatural is infinitely higher. And it's they can the pull in. It's higher than the gifts, and they can pull in and extract higher information, more uh, uh, classified information mm-hmm. than your average gift. And so I realized that the, the person I was listening to, I said, oh, wait a minute, they are an oracle. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily an officer. And I think that making that distinction in this era, because you just said it right now, the officers are about regulating, enforcing, and I love the fact that you and said guardian. it earlier today, and I know that they, I want them to jump in on that too, that whole guardianship piece that the number one job of an officer is to guard the institution and also to guard what God wants to happen. And at the end of the day, the, the prophet and the officers make themselves accountable to what God wants to happen and not necessarily to what they're seeing in the supernatural. I realize with this, this particular prophet, I'm like, okay, so you're making yourself a, a slave to everything that you're seeing and not a slave to necessarily what God wants to happen. But an officer is thinking that way. Is this something that God wants to happen, mm-hmm. and is this going to be to the advantage of the kingdom? Because we recognize that not everything you're seeing and hearing out there is to God's advantage, and yeah. every spirit is trying to buy a voice and an authority and to, a vessel. To, right, and a vessel to push that through. Mm-hmm. So I just thought well, that was good. Let me say this, and then we're going to go to you. About that. Yeah. Okay. But, but let me say this, the oracles, we see oracles in the New Testament under, in Romans. I believe it's Romans, maybe Peter. It's Peter. It's Peter. Peter. Okay. Oracles of God. But he said, but let him speak. Right. He didn't say prophesy. Interesting. Yes. Oracles true. get truth by the spirit of prophecy. Huh. And so, and they get truth by the spirit that's prophesying through them. And so you have to make sure. And when they don't, that's Wait, why. Hold on, Dr. Price. Are you saying that these people here operate more like a medium? The medium. That's exactly what I'm saying. Medium. And, and only. Be, and so it could be God. Come on, Balaam was, was that. Balaam had God. He spoke for Yahweh. He said he spoke for every God in the region. And this is what he said. 
He said, I spoke for every God, and he knew them all by their words, their character, etc., because God had yet to have a professional institution of prophets. He didn't even have a nation much yet. Moses just bringing them out. Come on now. So Balaam is occupying this whole strata by himself. Nobody but him. He gets a chance to say what thus says the God. But if you look at his power, because it was uncontested, he didn't have a problem until Moses. Yeah. Moses. Because see, when, when he knew Moses coming on, and Moses had a power that broke him down to nothing. Moses took out a whole nation, toppled another nation, brought the slaves out, parted the Red Sea. He did all of these things, and he realized, I may bless whom I may bless and curse who I may curse, but this boy is going to be a problem to me. God was so committed because we oh, shit, it goes after it. Ammer. Hit it. Come on. Woo. You're awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at him. I get the gap. But Balaam said he knew. He said he had to answer to seven major deities. Yeah. He never knew who was going to do what. And he shows up. See, this is what you need to get on New Year's Eve, how to protect yourself. Come <laughs> on, shut it up. So he had to answer. He never knew who would speak. But the Most High God shut down the other six. Now, God was getting ready to take the entire strata of the prophetic back because, remember, it began with Abel. Obviously, it got crazy along the way. Uh-huh. As nations began to grow and, and spirits began to reproduce them, uh, themselves in them. But this is what's good. I want you to understand, when God gets ready for a new top person, My God. he takes out the other. Yeah. And, he was, and he took out Balaam because it was Moses' time. Talking about gift versus office. Because Moses was the office. But Moses, right, he, he wielded the kingdom. The, he, Moses wielded creation. It was said of Balaam, whom you curse is cursed, whom you bless is blessed, and he was a diviner. He went to, out there and he lended his faculties to whatever supreme being or superior deity was in the region. Isn't that what they tell you to do today in paganism? That's what yeah. universalism is all about. That's what occultism is all about. Find out if you can court the strongest God. Aren't we glad that we don't have to? Yes. Because we already got him. You ready? He already sure. got I just thought that was a, I think that we should talk about that what? one of these days. What? And that is uh, differentiating between what we're calling, you know, prophets versus people who are actually operating as mediums. Mediums. Because mm-hmm. Balaam was a medium. Now, he, he, had, he was called a prophet. God called him a prophet because God... Obviously, he he uh, used all prophets, but Balaam spoke the oracle. It said it was, and so he was an instrument because an oracle is indiscriminate. A prophet has allegiance to the God that made them. See, oracles are indiscriminate. When you see lack of allegiance, lack of fidelity, you can call that an oracle because they just want to get spiritual information into this world. Or they want to pretend that they're getting spiritual information into this world. So I I, I, I listen to God, and I realize it because I I listen to these problems because you all kept saying, well, how are we supposed to know? Look for Jesus. Look for the prophecies of Jesus Christ. Look for the word of the Lord because, you see, even if, even if, they give a word that's true. Mm. 
If they don't give it in the name of the Lord, they expect that word to attack him. They're used, in other words, another vessel is using another. Now, the vessel, the human may not know. They may not know, although I think God says they really do know. They just don't care. But they may, I'm, you know me, but, but I want to tell you this. So you're not hearing Jesus in these people. They're sleeping around. They're fornicating. They are lying. They're cheating. They're going to dark devil meetings. They're getting trained by occultic uh, teachers. Yes, they are. Little dark devil meetings. And they're into uh, the whole shaman thing and the whole, you know, occult thing and astrology. All of those arts are not God. I don't care what they tell you that it's God. They're what God cursed. So when you hear, you need to be careful and you need to pray because you could be receiving what God cursed. And even if the word came to pass, it's going to come to pass with the string of curses in your life. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Y'all still love me out there? Oh, yeah. Hey, yes. Here's the love. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of the year, and even throughout the year on social media, on Facebook, you'll see the people posting, I see engagement rings, you know, uh, house. You know, someone's going to get a house in 2019. And, oh, you mean like and the all, million is going to be something? Like, now, see here, I'm telling my story. Sorry. Right. So somebody was doing that like crazy at the end of the year. One person in particular that I saw kept coming through my feed. And, you know, other people, I receive it. Yes, that's for me. Yes, I need a house. Somebody said uh, over a million people are going to get a house next year. That's not prophecy. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Where's the word of the Lord? <laughs> Where's the word of the Lord? <laughs> and I thought somebody finally said it. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what is this? I see diamond rings. Well, there's diamond rings everywhere. What? What is this? And they just hit mm-hmm. every one that this person had said. Mm. Like, this is not prophecy. That's right. It isn't. So people, stop Fortune being foolish. And they were like, stop being Fortune foolish by claiming mm-hmm. this word and submit your paperwork for a loan. I mean, they ran it out there. I want to meet that prophet. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, and that's a guardian of the king. Because so you can't just guard the kingdom. you got to guard this truth. Woo! I say, well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. They're like, this is not prophecy, so stop. Mm, mm, mm. Anything else you want to cover before we go okay. over here? This prophet? Yeah, when you she got a lot of blue. When you were talking about, <laughs> I want her baby. Hold on. Uh, okay. Um, I let's see here. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, baby statement of the day: Devils serve Jesus. They don't want you to know it. Don't mm-hmm. so Jesus call a meeting? Everybody got to show up. And if they don't show up, His Spirit drags them in. All roads lead back to Jesus Christ. And, you know, sometimes well, we've discovered that over the years when we were looking for a different service to facilitate something that we wanted to do only to discover the one that we were trying to walk away from was the one that everybody else uses. That's true. Strong man. Minus the middle man. Okay, so there's just no way around you. <laughs> and that's how it really is with the Lord. I love how you said that. To clarify, because we do think that there's God who is the God of all things bright mm-hmm. and perfect. And then there's the devil, who is the ruler of everything else down here. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and we just kind of have to hope and pray that we can get to the Lord, <laughs> get past that pesky devil. You just have to pray that your prayer request reaches heaven, and and that he. And so having these kind of teachings is so. Um, 
Oh, question. I had a question based on what you said. You were talking about rituals and acts. Mm -hmm. What are the differences between the two? Well, rituals require um, instruments, implements, objects, and they require um, physical objects that reflect or symbolize their spiritual act. We bypass the objects. Oh, like okay. we don't need the entrails, we don't need the clay, we don't need the cross, all the all the beads. They just like them, right? Because Christians, we are in Christ. It's kind of like it's kind of like being in my heart, not knowing what I'm doing. And you know what? The more I got involved with this ministry, the less I had Christian paraphernalia mm-hmm. that yeah, I felt like I had mm-hmm. all these cross necklaces oh, yeah. when I got here and. And, you know, you have one, and people know you like it, then you have 10 and 15 of them, oh, especially God. as a minister, and 20 of them, so and the earrings and the whatever. And then once you just started teaching everything, I thought, I think it feels kind of funny to wear this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Man may handle it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when you talk about rituals versus that, good. that took me all the way back mm, to good. that day, hmm, those days. And I'll, this is all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Look at that face. If if prophets dropped out on education, they dropped out on God. Exactly. I tell you what. First of all, there is no other field. And you can expect divination to set in eventually. Well, because what other choice is there, right? Right. They have no knowledge of what they should be saying. There's no career. And because we say things like ministry and whatnot, we don't want to say career. There's no career on the planet, at least in this country, that is respected outside of education. Mm. Even on the street gang level, on whatever, you go to school. They will, you say you have street smarts, you went to the school of our not, like right. you went to school somewhere. And to think that there's a, a pride that would come with not being trained, not being tested, not being proven. We said this about something else, where everywhere, everywhere else and anywhere else, you brag about your sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we had to work through 25 holidays to make that happen. No, my team is going to the Super Bowl, and so mm-hmm. we have to do the Macy's Day Parade. Those people miss every holiday because they in a parade. Mm-hmm. And the people in the television network are working, you know, yeah. all those. So we can have our holiday moment. Mm-hmm. They're working. And to think, you know, for even as prophets, so other people or so God can have his moment, we need to be working. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. For that moment to happen. And, and through that training, that education, getting a real world, a God's world grip mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. what these offices are. I mean, just these, which by the time you all break them down, seem basic. Mm-hmm. But because of all the erroneous teaching, it's like, Exactly. Oh, I never, well, we hear medium. Mm-hmm. We think of the television show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My God. And that's all. Jesus. Absolutely. And, and I want to go go follow off on that as I as we get over to you, our prophet Adia. The fact that you take people's word for it, you. I mean. It's almost like you don't care whether or not this person is true, mostly because you've been trained to not expect education, intelligence, yeah. That's right. even accuracy yeah. from your prophesiers. Yeah. Who knows if they're right or wrong? You know? And, but I know. <laughs> I know. It's like saying who knows if the directions for your new machine are right or not. 
Well, that's because we think that their accuracy can be determined by the individual hearer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I, because my feelings are no and no. You're right. Yeah. But the, the lack of education or the distancing <laughs> of education from the prophetic happened, two things I want to say, happened when with the, more of the charismatics. Because when you read all of those com- uh, commentaries, they talk about career. Right. They talk about professional profits. They talk about education. They talk about high degrees related to the profits. So that is a late thing, and it came with the rise of the charismatic movement, as did much of the deterioration or demolishment of God's institution, because a lot of things were demolished. Some of them needed to be, mm-hmm. but not everything needed to be demolished. So I thought I think that that's something that, uh, you and I have to keep in mind, do you expect somebody to handle your high professional business with no education, your Ooh. career, your calling, your company? And most of you have been programmed by that demolishment and its demolishers to resent education, to resent smart profits. You are not supposed to be smart. You're supposed to be spiritual. God is spirit. So is he dumb? Well, See, some of the stuff that we buy is just idiotic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was going to bring up the point that you said that goes about. You said that prophets were highly educated. They were credentialed. What I think is interesting about that is that education is always to produce something. It's always to bring out a product out of someone mm-hmm. so that they can then pour it back into society or community. I mean, that's part of the reason we have education, that people become viable members of their communities. Um, and so it's interesting viable. that we don't um, we don't want to prove viability with our profits. We definitely don't want to prove validity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's, um, but I think that the education is going to start changing that, you know, because the, the, the idea, the common understanding of a profit to people is that they really just do speak, 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 speak. And, and we don't we don't even know that we should actually demand that there's more. You know, I'm I'm seeing a big trend. You know, uh, Facebook Live of people just getting getting on, and, and the tagline is "I just got to prophesy." And people will just get on there yes. for like an hour, and they're just, you know, prophesying the word of the Lord or the word, not the word of the Lord, just prophesying. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are so into it, you know, <laughs> and it's because of a real lack of education in the body of Christ about what prophets are supposed to do. But I love that you said that because I'm like, well, education is supposed to produce. Yeah. So that means that prophets were supposed to have a fruit, something mm-hmm. to, to validate their mantle and ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the credentials piece, I think, was important. We just, we just were so unaware. I was looking at um, a video that we as a prophetic company were analyzing, and I was looking at the comments, and this guy was going on and on and about how prophets were never trained. And I was like, the ignorance level was, like, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what but we're talking about. No, when I came, though, that's what they said. So they, that's why they bashed my, my writing and books and, and whatever, because they were like, no, real prophets did Real prophets right. did not. When I, I issued my first book, Constructing a Contemporary Prophet. They were like, thank you. Woo, if somebody <laughs> just found one off the out-used books of found one yeah. book, I was like, Ooh, I don't even have day. one of those. Which book, Constructing? Yes. It was their lucky day. Yeah, and so, but, you're, but they are people... That the sadness of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the sphere we're, we're mostly uh, uh, interacting with, is that they're, they are pride, proud of their ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like going to school with the guy that say, yeah, but I don't have to study. But I don't have to get whatever. I don't have to read my books. I don't have to do assignments because I got it all up here. And three years after school, they over there sweeping the floor in some janitorial service. Because you had it all up here. Uh. 
And so the church is like that. The church is, they're in the lower strata of the society. I mean, in terms of professionals, you know, rarely called on, et cetera. That's because we have made it a matter of public record that ignorance is our badge of attainment. I'm ignorant and I'm in Jesus because Jesus wasn't taught, so I'm not taught. Jesus didn't go to school, so I ain't going to school. You're so, the guy who's in the temple like every five minutes. You're oh, the guy who made you. Thank you. But I mean, even in the flesh, because that's what uh, they'll say. Uh-huh. The wife created it's one thing, they, in the flesh, she was something else. And it's like, but this guy was in the temple every day. But then he's not Jesus. If, if you, the Jesus you're serving, and, and you picked up that he was ignorant, <laughs> et cetera, then you're serving a false Christ because the man wrote the word, came, and lived the very word he wrote, <laughs> which is word he trained his prophets. He talked about what he said to Jeremiah. He oh. talked about what yeah, he yeah. said to yeah, Isaiah. He talked about how smart he made Solomon. Go to, uh, come on, people. And that's the thing. Can we get a thought? Could we get a thought strain in our brain? A thought strain in our brain. No, no, no. The problem is that our brain is strained. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying and Jesus this, did it. It's yeah. his fault. Because I'm, I'm saying, are you talking about Jesus who said, but I, but if, have you not read in your law that I said? Yeah. Whoop. He's the, the man is the institution, the education, the literature. Come on, fix something. Fix a man who had to spit on dirt and command his body to turn that dirt. To medicine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spit, not formula, spit. Not lab, spit. The lab was his hands. <laughs> See? Mm-hmm. And well, we've had so much uh, just a result of the, what I think is an entire generation of people who have learned everything that they know about God from sermons and not from the Bible. So when you when you bring out things like, oh, there's a school problem. People, you know, I didn't know that. Why? Because they're learning everything that they know about God from sermons. And, and, and because most people are on the same lack of education level, we just toss this ignorance around to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's We're passing on the class. Who's ignorant sounds You know, so it's like when a voice like yours comes and breaks the dumbness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, because you're you're breaking the all the sermonizing that we've had for the last 50 years, and people don't realize they're not learning the word. They're literally just going up of one sermon after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much in there they didn't know existed. No. You know, so I just think that that's we still mean, find that's it everything. And you talked about <laughs> today when they the, hear it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, you talked about today that the word is a tool, an implement, and a resource. Um, and I think that that's powerful as well, you know, because it also speaks to the fact that the, the words that are supposed to be coming out of these prophets' mouths are supposed to be useful, mm-hmm. utilities, mm-hmm. you know, you know something that's useful for God. Um, and we've come so far from that, you know. Um, I think we are only in the predictive realm uh, when it comes to prophecy. And most of the time you really can't trust what's coming out of these people's mouths. And that's because of what you said before. I'd asked you this question several weeks ago, you know, what's God's major issue? You were talking about the fact that the leaders today are unsubmitted, so yeah. they haven't spent the time or put the time in to actually hear what God's will is. What's the same with a lot of the prophets out there? Yeah, you know, true. they're speaking off of off of what? Books they've read, sermons they've heard, and backroom chatter. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. See, backroom chatter, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, yeah. but the foundation must be Christ. Oh, and that's, that's something good. Paul pressed, the foundation 
must be Jesus Christ. The strategy that brought us to where we are right now was it's an insidious, devious strategy to separate God's people from his word, and particularly as truth, because you can't peddle a lie until you break down faith in the truth. So people have no faith in the truth. Now, how do I know that? Because people say, I watch these little, um, these little, uh, what do you call it, surveys. I watch these surveys. I don't believe in the Bible. Well, then you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you don't believe in the Bible because you got saved by the Bible. You understand that? It wasn't just in his prayer that saved you. It was the Bible. Because the Bible said we are born again from the incorruptible. Did it say that? Incorruptible word of God. So we're born again by the word, the same way Jesus was born. Jesus was born by the word. I know, see, people didn't get that. So I need you to think differently and hopefully brightly. Maybe I'll come up with a new word, brighterly. Brighterly. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a new word. Brighterly. Yeah, you can. You wrote a dictionary. I wrote a dictionary. But can you think differently and, and more intelligently about your salvation and your Savior? Because you are not saved by your sinner's prayer. You're not saved by your good deeds. None of them activated the Holy Spirit to, to stop walking around you, wooing you to the cross, to stepping in you, winning you to salvation. And these are the kinds of things. Articulation, I think another thing that gets me is so many of the prophets can't even articulate what they're saying. Yeah. You know, all you can do is reiterate doom and gloom. Or just make uh, what I was uh, uh, talking about with our prophets here when we were analyzing one of the videos that we were looking at for the year, blanket statements, Mm -hmm. just blanket, Mm -hmm. you know, carte blanche statements that uh, are um, devoid of explanation, devoid of wisdom, devoid of proper proper application or details, okay, implementation, Mm -hmm. logic, just blanket statements that we make about things Mm -hmm. Um, and a a lot of, uh, you know, fortune cookies type slogans. And spiritual propaganda. Exactly. See, a lot of this is prophetic propaganda that Satan is putting in the mouth of the naive mm-hmm. instead of the naive. Right. Uh, because, and it shows that gifts really don't uh, officiate mm-hmm. because they'll just make these blanket statements. That mean that, you know, spiritual, they have no responsibility for them. No, you know, point. I just, I'm just, sure. look, look, I'm just look, hearing just, and look, seeing I'm and saying. I'm just Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, you teaching that there's a responsibility for actually pushing that word and bursting that word into existence, um, whatever that word is. You know, um, that that is a mentality. I mean, I think people would be leaving this vocation because there's <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you have, you have a responsibility for bursting what you're saying to people. We would yeah. be saying a whole lot less. Which is why a lot of times people will ask about, you know, your prophets. Your prophets don't say that much. That's that's a lot of responsibility. Say, I'm still working on the last three words. Okay? And here, I want to get, build on that. I think that that is a great, great statement because you are supposed to. There's a section in here that, um, well, I'll, you pay for the class. The section in here that I talk about that because when I when I, God started dealing with me prophetically and I give a word, He said, "So how's that gonna happen?" I don't know, God, and I essentially let Him know it's on Him. I was kind of I think I was I might have been 
respectful about it. I couldn't have heard it. I can't say at this point. Probably genuine. I, I, I was like, so sincere. Baby, I was so, I'm like, what you got? He said, no, 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 no. My stuff, read them. They had to bring that word to pass. Elijah, not going to rain for three years. Come on now. Now, his word, he held that thing so tight that when he was ready to reverse it, he had to fight drought. And then he got a little fist, just a little teeny fist. Now all he did was set up some things. It will not rain again. Okay, you have to be able to. There has to be a push power with and a, a, a legitimacy. First of all, if you're legitimately a prophet, you have push power. You have that manifestation power, that manifesting power. You have to have it. And it doesn't start out supreme when you get it. It starts out, you so glad that something, oh, Lord, the person got the job. Thank you. <laughs> My people come here, true story, I got push power. My people come here and come and say, I got a job. They told me I had a job, and now I know the devil's a lie. You got a job in Jesus' name. Because I own those realms. I own those realms as a representative of the Godhead. So, yes, I don't just prophesy and hope it works out and then apologize that it didn't. Right. But it's more than speaking power. It's more than speaking. It's push power. I just call it prophetic push. Because I, I know, know, I know but I called. like it because you mm-hmm. can tell my oracles. Yes. Yeah. And so they come and we talk to them. And they come to me, Dr. Price, or even they don't come to me, she'll come or one of them, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's price so so no, that's not no. And I used to have to fight. When I got my early push power, I needed three days sleep. I pushed in some stuff, and I mean literally, I had to sleep. I said, God, why am I so tired? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I had to strengthen up my flesh because it was being wild. Now, it's not that. And I mean, and it's not always a seeing thing. When you have hit that seat, Mm-hmm. Of authority where God trusts you with not just his word, but his power, his purposes, his decisions, and his enforcement. See, because prophets are supposed to be enforcers. That's right. They are enactors and enforcers. E and E, enactors and enforcers. That's right. So, we used to faint sitting in prayer with you. Oh, no. <laughs> I would go out there. It was like... Mm-hmm. I go. I, I told you I'm very careful about who prays with me. Don't tell you because I go there. I'm not going to me. That'll also keep you. You know, that would keep you your area too. If you know that you got to have the push power to to cause that word to be birthed, it helps you to know what realm mm-hmm. you belong in. Yep. You know what I mean? Instead of having the kind of what we have crazy prophetic where people, you know, prophesying all about like, like the universe coming together and the climactic thing, you know, all those different things, and they have no push power no. to actually mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. Star Wars. Oh, too much Star Wars. Uh, you know? no, that's the truth. That's too much Star Wars. Wars. Learn the Bible. I think it's what keeps us grounded. It's the prophet. You know? uh-huh. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us out of the loopy mill, which you used to talk about when we first were being kind of raised up in this thing. Like I'm not gonna have like loopy, crazy problems. No. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's because it should be. It should be practical enough to to produce. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so I think that that keeps you in your area, your sphere, if if you will. Well, it, 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 that and the word. The word grounds you because when you I'm remember. Remember, y'all used to give me, and I see trees with silver things, hold it, stop. No, no. And this thing is coming in my truck. And by the name of Jesus, let me tell you something. I was, no, and I had no, no I don't have no, 
No, I ain't got mercy on ever. Not in the prayer circle, because to the prayer circle, yeah. it's, it's like the situation room. It's like the war room. Baby, I got to make sure you're not Get stealing stuff. Like, Woo! I'm like, uh-uh. I'll stay. If the arm went up, you are the arm went up and the head went down. Crazy. And the head went down. I can't Stop. even look at you. Oh no. And how about when we were in prayer service, y'all pray for fifteen seconds and then write in prophecy. Close your book, close your Bible, and get in prayer. Don't bring your journal in my prayer not, circle. I, I, don't bring because God is talking to me. I know he's not saying anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were raised right. Oh, oh my God. I was like, how are you going to get a word in five minutes and I'm still climbing? No, you said I'm still pushing past my flesh. I know you don't have a word. I know that word. That's something you either had this morning, last week, and you were waiting for this time to bring it not here. Here's why the favorite one. My prayer session is not time for you to pray through your knees. No, no. no. I hear your heart across the room. And I know you're not with us. Like my heart. Baby, and or either you hear, I would hear their heart, or either I would hear their spirit, and their spirit, I would read it. Lord, please let them mention my so and so. Lord, please let somebody pick up my dust and work. Are you kidding? This is corporate prayer for my corporate being and institute. Well, if you want some personal prayer, I need you to wait till I'm done, or you need to get out this room because y'all not bringing problems in it. We are, we came here to settle problems. Here you come with a, a tote bag full of more. Oh, oh, Everybody back. stop. And then we just do this. Who is your side? Yeah. And then I would tell him, uh-uh, no, you came here with so-and-so. Now, sometimes, if it was a major crisis, I was very sensitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was impressed with the fact that you pressed through. You came anyway. Mm-hmm. But that was rare. Yeah. So we're not talking about blood, guts, dead, something like that. Or close no. to it. Or close to it, right. that I'm not interested in your personal issue. Because oh, you need to get an intercessor on the way out the door. Right. Girl, we didn't have that. And, and, and when they had to give us prophecies, I, after a while, I told write y'all prophecies because I don't know what's going to come out y'all mouth. Okay, I need y'all to write it and down. And stop surfing the Elijah list for your words. And, and you know, Jim still does that, though. Because <laughs> that was before Facebook. Uh-huh. So, you know, you, your options were limited in pitching somebody else's prophecy. Ooh, army. And they would come in and then assume I didn't read Elijah list. <laughs> Or, or I didn't hear it. I know the voice of so many prophets in the country. I can hear the prophecies and know where you got it from. Because right. when you, like you all, at that time I definitely did, you all just kept going through them and you can hear, oh, no, you got that from so-and-so. You got that from such oh, and yeah. so. Don't call it prophecy. That is not. That's a review. That's a report. That's a hashtag share. Okay. <laughs> just share it here. But we as leaders, <laughs> what's it? I mean, yeah, that's like a news report. It was. You know? And I was like, I don't, this is, you're not a newscaster. No, wait, one time somebody gave a word <laughs> that was so complex and involved, we all looked at each other and said, they never prophesied like this one, one day in their life. We never prophesied that prophecy. And we've dug that thing out. No. Yeah, y'all did. Y'all, they go find because we have to be investigators. We have to find the root and source of things because how else can you have discernment if you don't investigate? I know you all have been taught that a discernment is a magical faculty that comes with your speaking in tongues or your love for Jesus. And your fairy dust. Don't forget fairy dust. But I want you to understand that prophecy is a legitimate kingdom institution that has its origins in the eternal realm. That angel told John, I am your fellow 
servant, your brother and fellow servant in the Lord. And he was prophesying up the front and down the back for Jesus. So when you all go forward, and I would like to hear you all speak to the prophesying, um, how to help somebody understand a prophecy that they are so, um, so fused with that it's not from Jesus Christ as divination. Oh, like, how about you? How would you? Yeah, you walk people through it, I'm sure. Wow. Um, well, I, I think I would tell them that they have to go through the process that I go through, too, when, like, we're giving words for the year, mm-hmm. we're giving, like, if I can't trace it, I don't use it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, like, you know what I mean, if I can't, if I can't find a, a way that God is speaking through the scripture with that word, I, I, I omit it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't put it in there. Because I, I, I recognize that unless it's fused with something scriptural, um, it could just be an outlandish idea I had. I mean, you know, as you're, as you're trying to pull from the spirit of God, you hear a lot of things. You do. And sometimes your mind can, like, race away, you know, with itself. Um, so that's, that's, that's a huge thing is I, I edit them, you know, um, and I, I try to submit myself to discipline because you really just can't put out every single thing you heard. It has to flow together. Um, I also will, will go back, like, if I'm, if I'm having to give a word, I'll go back through my, my journaling and what God has been speaking because he's usually not coming out of left field with you. You know what I mean? If God is dealing with you as a prophet, he usually deals with you in a certain mm-hmm. realm, a certain vein, you know? So I'm like, let mm-hmm. me stay in my lane. You know, what has he been speaking to me about? Over the last six months, yes, year. Yes, this is who you be, but ought to be the whole year. Exactly. Rather than just trying to pull from nebula, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me let me stay fixed on where God has had me as mm-hmm. his prophet. Um, and it's the same thing, I guess, when I'm prophesying two people when they're in the press retreat line or something like that. I'm going to try to stay close to the kind of words that God gives me or the kind of realm that God gives me um, and rather than just that whole see and say, mm-hmm. where I think going to say, you know, I'm going to wait for the understanding because I'm not just going to say, mm-hmm. I get, because someone might ask you about that later and you don't have the understanding. So I think that it, it, have, it has to line up with scripture, which you've always taught us, um, and you have to be willing to edit that if it doesn't. You know, if you can't find that basis, mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a foundation. Um, and then outside of that, prayer, you know, as well. You know, need submitting that word to prayer and actually maybe going into prayer before mm-hmm. you give that word, you know, or before you release that, you know, I think is important too. Those are just a few things. That's very good. Very good. How about you, Apostle? Well, um, I would say something similar. I go through this process of having to shut voices off. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like this last year, we have been probably more immersed in the world's agenda and what other prophets are saying yeah. more than we ever have before. And so I have to go systematically and say, no, I'm thinking about this because of that. No, that's not God's word. Mm -hmm. No, I heard this over here. No. You know, I did that. No, 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 no. And get in the word of God, shut all of that out, Mm. depending on how much lead time I have (laughs) for weeks, if necessary, depending on what needs to be brought forth, to really extract the genuine word of God Mm -hmm. and mind of God. And not just my prophetic response to what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good because work. I'm like, this is what I think about this. This is how God is concerning this situation. Yeah. But is that actually what he is saying through me right now about that situation? And, um, and then sometimes even in dealing with people who are attached to, because is that what you're asking, yeah. who are attached to Those false thoughts. words, mm-hmm. um, it's like a, a mourning process mm-hmm. with them. They have to... Allow that word to die. Yeah. Go, girl. Because the word is living. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's bothering them because it's living and, and it's driving them because it's alive. It's not God's, but it's still alive. And so that word we have to, you know, okay, you gotta you taught us to pray to cut the power of those words off. Mm-hmm. And then to go into the root system and extract it out of their soul and spirit and mind, their memories, their dreams, their visions, all the places that are like tentacles. You know, prophecy is like a bunch of tentacles. It just goes in. And um, and then begin to take that season to pray or detox mm-hmm. or – because it depends on how far people go with that mm-hmm. before you can just start slapping other words on. Because you always tell people, you need to go to the word. We're going to take a high. We're going to take a hiatus from prophecy because mm-hmm. your problem is your prophecy polluted right now. <laughs> too so many mm-hmm. words. And when you are a prophet, especially a high level one, and you're ministering to somebody, you can hear those other words on their oh, life. Yeah. And they're fighting you. They're yep. trying to make you safe. Yep. Mm. Okay. And then say, okay. And and God will ultimately, in His time. Revive prophecy, prophecy, personal prophecy, yeah. I will say, in their lives versus other prophetic words. Well, I can say um, with confidence that God does not like the current prophecy um, practices and customs. Yeah. He doesn't like them. He says his people, it's like overfeeding a kid, too much candy, too much cake, too many carbs, etc. And he said as you said, along with that pollution comes toxicity. And people are prophecy toxic. They have become toxic with all of the words that they heard that didn't happen, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, geez, now you are the one who trains prophets, et cetera. So can you recall a situation where you did have to walk somebody through that? Uh, and your step that you chose? Not offhand, uh, I'm sure, over mm-hmm. the years. Like somebody know. said I was supposed to get married or I was supposed to go overseas or I was supposed to go whatever. I've been hearing it over and over again. I think my most common one is marriage. Yes, yeah. And I'm sure we've dealt with situations like that over time. You know, when people call us for prophetic advisement, um, those can be a little challenging because by the time they come to you, they could be already saturated with a lot of other prophets' words and, and thoughts and, and all of that, and you're just kind of prophesying on top of a donkey, you know. Yeah, prophecy um, saturation. They can't yeah. even receive another word. Right. Well, even your words, it, it, they're already trying to think, think about where it fits and where it lines up, which is why uh, mm-hmm. on my website and, uh, and I'm sure the other prophets in our um, uh, our company and, and that work for our PPM Global as well as advisors, that's why we offer prophecy coaching mm-hmm. because before we even get there, I'm going to let's coach you on this and make you a student of what prophecy is about first before we just jump in here in the cesspool of what everybody is doing. Didn't we so, just have a situation like that? I did. We had somebody who was, you know, going through a marital, you know, uh, separational uh, type thing, and they had gotten so many words. I said, I'm not prophesying to you. <laughs> I said, because I will not come behind a thousand other voices. Mm -mm. I said, I'm just adding to the, you know, the confusion and the chaos in your life right now. I said, so we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is go back and start breaking this thing down, getting you back connected with God and where you are with God. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to touch the situation of the marriage. We're not going to touch what everybody already said about this. We're going to go back and get get to the organic root system Mm -hmm. of where you are as an individual and starting the process of bringing them, you know, back on board and back in connection with God. I think the best thing you can do when you have somebody with that much confusion is let's divorce yourself from all of these words and get you back connected with your God. Mm-hmm. Because if you're having this much confusion, there's too many spirits in here anyway, you're submitting yourself to too much. So we need to kind of strip you of that 
get, get all that cleaned out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sending them on a, a cleansing and a prayer process, process we just go back and start dealing with things that we understand from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, defining that for them, reconnecting that for them. Mm-hmm. When, it, when it, uh, James said, you got to submit to God, then you can resist the devil, then he'll flee. Mm-hmm. Once we get him out the way, then we can see what the authenticity of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, there's so much mixed in it. Their emotions, the enemy taking advantage of their emotions and their hopes and dreams, the exploitation of other prophets who will be young, prophesiers, you know, novices, whatever the case may be. Because like you said, there's so much open mic mm-hmm. in the body of Christ that anybody can be speaking. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, I found that that has been the best approach in this last situation. I said, mm-hmm. we're not going to deal with this. I'm not answering any of those questions. Mm-hmm. So any of your divining questions right now, we're not going to answer. We're not don't ask me about your divination. I don't care about your divination. They do divine. And the church has been taught to divine you. We've got to get them at the, the, the audience and the hearers out of divination in order for us to actually do our job as prophets. We had somebody call a write-in before said, I didn't really appreciate my prophetic advice in the session because all they did was give me counsel and, and advice and wisdom. Isn't that exactly what the description said? I didn't feel like it was prophecy. You know, I was because they were expecting the oracle. Yeah. And they wanted an oracular divining, you know, experience. For 45 minutes? I'm going to give you a plan. Exactly. I mean, you know, you can go to a presbytery line at a conference, you know, get a fortune cookie and pull Mm -hmm. some information. But that is how they've been taught. Yeah. So uh, before you can even now, uh, uh, us as the se- as seasoned prophets or officers, before we can even touch folk, we have to educate yeah. before we can even get into that. Let me just start with some education. And I felt like through that process, I had to spend a lot of time, let's just educate you on how this works first before we even get into any of this because of just how they believe. And it was it was difficult. They're like, well, you know, I went to so-and-so school and I, you know, I understand. Well, if you understood how prophecy works, you would recognize that this and this and this. Okay, it's what's missing from this equation, don't add mm-hmm. up. And why this and that and the other thing is not adding up. I'm thinking mm-hmm. you'll, you'll begin to understand that prophecy comes from more than one, uh, uh, can come one way, can be interpreted more than one way, although it came for one reason. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it becomes very difficult, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, I concur with uh, something that uh, Prophet Lashley said moments ago, it takes a minute. Mm-hmm. This person cannot get out of the grip, not Great. You got to mm-hmm. break the hypnosis. Okay. They can't come from under the, the spell of that word because they're holding on to their situation because the, the, the prophet told them their marriage or their situation was supposed to go a particular way. Mm-hmm. There's that. And mm-hmm. so it was so specific. And you and don't so know particular. if that's prophecy or if that's just a, a, a common statement that's driven by doctrine and theology. Right. Doctrinal, yes. and I felt like it was doctrinally driven, and and I surprised him. I said, but understand that God also can bring a word, bring His word, or speak His word, um, and bring that thing to pass for His own intentions in your life. Okay. I said, and so you're ascribing your own interpretation to His intent. Well, let's and, ask this question. Okay, and, and you haven't really investigated it to that degree. Let's ask this question. Imagine the prophet mm-hmm. comes up and says to Hosea, "You want to marry a woman?" She's going to be known all over the place. Ooh. She's going to be attractive. She's fine. Find fine. She's coming out there. She's going to have a business mind, mm-hmm. and she's going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this right here. Doma, my girl. Doma, and Doma, Doma. You're my wife. Because it's been prophesied. You're my 
way, get married, and everything that prophet said happened, but not the way you envisioned it. And that's why. She had a business called yeah. prostitution. Right. <laughs> she's lying. A lot of people love her. To that intent, without exposing a lot of details here, but to that intent, I actually did that for that individual. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, so they said that you were going to be, y'all were, you're, you're, you were going to be able to teach other people about marriage based on your marriage. I said, who's to say that what you just lived will not well, be no, a class in the education for the future? I, I love said, it. you thought that doing it, that they're doing it together and being in the same room. Oh, Kenny Barbie, we're going to stand, okay. we're gonna stand yeah. up on the pulpit together. You have the mic, and you have the mic. And what you say, honey? This is what I'm saying, baby. It looks like a little TV kind of thing. If I, could, if I could speak to a situation without, you know, divulging too much, you, you taught us that when a particular person told you they were going to leave your organization. Yes, he did. And you were up and arms about it because you said, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with this. I don't think that this is really God. Went to God, and God said, oh, no, it's me. Yes, he did. But it wasn't for the reason that the that person. Thought. He let their right. heart prophesy his will for them. Exactly. So the heart the is to, so he can deliver them from delusion. So the reality is that the intent of the word was to drive them out into a particular trial so that they could be free from a strong man so they could pursue their calling. That's Knowing exactly the happened. intent of the word is really what the skill is to me in the profession. Well, Hebrews 4.12. He's a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. God has an intent for every word he says. He doesn't have to tell you it, but he knows you don't know righteousness, so he's got to let the unrighteousness speaking to your heart be the messenger of your soul. Your unrighteousness. And that's the truth. Because, well, you know, well, we had another, ignorance, we certainly can't do it well, he had another woman very deep in our organization, and, and a year before she got the message, God said, so-and-so is going to leave because she wants to go back to her way of life, her people. And I said, oh, okay, I, and God literally spent weeks cutting her out of my soul. And he said to me, he said, if I don't get her out from under your covering, I can't ever correct her. He said, i got to break her heart, and you're covering her in your prayers. Yeah, mm. and again, the intent. And why that's so key, because I do, uh, we teach this in, uh, when I'm training prophets and, and um, uh, especially those that are going to be officers, okay, because the gifters, okay, you just saying what you You should give them some classes. They give right. them tutorials. But the officers, because a lot of times, because what she said about watching over the word to its performance, you could almost believe that the outcome of a word is wrong if you do not know what God's intent for sending oh, yeah. it was. Oh. So a lot of times you'll go in there and say, oh, man, that had to be false because it came, It turned out so tragic, not recognizing that the tragedy was, was the, the intent and that God was going to be using that to facilitate something else that's going mm-hmm. on, talking about how you said earlier that, that, that web and interconnection and integration between mm-hmm. the words, uh-huh. that every word kind of, you know, that CC thing. Yeah, I love it. Hey, we're coming to the end of this uh, yeah, broadcast today. You had a great time. If you had a great time, make sure you go to Price University and sign up, sign up for the entire program. We just gave you uh, tidbits of it. And then we're going to any announcements also. What's the time to sow? Yes. It's time to sow, y'all. It's time to sow. So we want to give you a way that you can sow a seed today. Text to give is 918-608-1378. 918-608-1378 is the text 
to give number. You can also give via Cash App. Uh, Dr. Price's handle there is Dr. Paul Price, no spaces. So just put the dollar sign, Dr. Paul Price, if you're a Cash App user. And then PayPal, it's just going to be paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. So those are three ways that you can give. You know this word was good today. You know this teaching was good today. Yeah, I want to give you an opportunity to mm -hmm. sow that seed. So we're taking up that offering right now. Again, those three ways, text to give, 918-608-1378, Cash App, Dr. Paula Price, and paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price, and you can give your giving today. And for those of you who have been sewing, I want to thank you and really thank you because you're making happen what I need. It, it enables me to get these books written. It enables me to get them published. And then it enables us to do something that we're starting to do toward the end of this month, and that is shoot the next uh, season of Taking It On. We're going to have changed all kinds of stuff, and we're going to take on issues like this. But if you're a prophet, you definitely want to sow into this because prophets know that what they sow into is what changes, uh, changes the action of words. That's why if you give a prophet a, cold, a cup of cold water, I don't, you know, you can't give me water, but you can sow a seed. And I love you guys. I hope this was a blessing. Write me. Let me know what you think. Let us know what you felt about this conversation, how it hit you, and the things it did. Don't get it in your mind that I don't read it because I do. I will see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty where God stands for our Sunday service and Sunday school. Sunday school is 8 a.m. and Sunday service is 10 a.m. If you're in the Tulsa area, come on, be a part of this. We're growing, we're booming, and we are we're exploring and going where the average Christian will not go. We have new frontiers. We love you dearly. Love God bless you.